The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And we are two-thirds of the way back inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star in Frisco. I am Bill Jones, back here for the first time since January in, this inside this time. studio. That's right. Oh first my. time since January inside the SWBC <laughs> Mortgage Studio. I have been in the... Academy Sports and Outdoors TV <laughs> studios down the Nike Star Walk here. Make sure you get the, all your plugs at in, Ford okay. Center at the Star in Frisco. And Mickey Spagnola is on the other side of the plexiglass from me. We are safe, safely socially distanced away from each other. Hello, Mickey. I can uh, maybe knock on the glass when it's. If my you can turn reach it, talk. you, you yeah. can't reach it though. I, oh, oh, I almost no. knocked it over. Right, I got to get closer. And uh, really socially distanced from us is. Everson Walls in his home office. Hello, Everson. How are you? How you doing, sir? I just want to say uh, I'm glad you're finally dissing the uniform that you usually wear for this show. Usually you have no pants on. <laughs> That's right. So now... I had to put pants on this today. This is your first That's time right. wearing pants while doing the show this year. Yep. Congratulations, yep. Bill. And uh, Mickey, what's your temperature? <laughs> you even sound different with pants on. I do, how yeah. How about uh, that? <laughs> I checked in this morning at 97 degrees, so I was a little cold. <laughs> and I, I checked in at 97.7. Because you got to have you your check temperature checked to come you in check here. Check it down low. How does that work? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fortunately, it's just a forehead check. <laughs> but there's yes, news. <laughs> there, there, there is news happening out here at the Star in Frisco, which Mickey will get us posted on right off the top. If you heard Mike McCarthy's press conference uh, this morning, uh, some news being made here. And it's a good thing, uh, Mr. Cornerback over there, Everson Walls, that this team has plenty of cornerbacks on its roster. Yeah, I thought maybe for a second there they were going to say, okay, Everson, you need to earn your money even more so now and get over here. I'm ready, baby. I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, no, it's bad enough that uh, they're down three offensive tackles, uh, and now the injury bug has hit the cornerback position. Uh, Anthony Brown was placed on injured reserve on Saturday uh, with a rib injury. He contacted wow. in practice wow. late in the week. And now we, we knew that Chidabe Awuzie uh, suffered a strained hamstring uh, in the game. And you guys, as it turned out, uh, Mike McCarthy at least allowed this morning uh, that he will be out multiple weeks, it looks like, and uh, probably uh, looks like not uh, ready for this game Sunday against Seattle. So the Cowboys are going to be down uh, two uh, of their, basically what they started off with, the two of their top uh, three cornerbacks uh, without Brown and Awuze, uh on the field coming up. So uh, they're going to have to adjust. Multiple weeks. Does that sound to you like it is a three-week IR stay for Cheeto? Well, they I don't know that they've decided that yet, Bill, because have they, and maybe we find out 
you know, he's he's on injured reserve at three o'clock, but three three weeks is the injured reserve uh, stay. So maybe they think it's one week or two weeks, and they're not going to make that move. I've got a question on uh, placing a player on injured reserve. The way it works in baseball. When you get placed on what used to be called the disabled list, they right. now call it the injured list. You can make it. You can back time it to when you last played in a game. So, meaning like for in baseball, let's say a, a pitcher gets hurt on a Tuesday, and by and on Friday they determine that he needs to go on the injured list. Well, they can back time his stay to Wednesday, which would be his first day that right. he didn't pitch in a game. Can the can in the NFL? Can you wait a week and and back time the clock on the injured reserve list? No. I didn't think so, but I wanted to clarify the that. Baseball they play every day, right? right. This is so when you go on injured right. reserve, right. now you've got to so, miss three games. But they, so they need to if if uh, if they want to place him on injured reserve and they want this week to count, have it to needs it. to happen right. before Sunday. Yes, absolutely. You have to do it before three o'clock three Saturday o'clock afternoon. Saturday afternoon. Yeah. yeah so they absolutely. have that. So they have at so least that amount of time. Advantage to is there any advantage to putting him on IR right now, or is it more advantageous for us to to leave him off of IR and the, go for the it, ad, uh, and hopefully the, he comes back sooner? Where it would be advantageous is. Uh, it open, obviously opens up a roster spot if they have someone they want to add to the roster. Uh, but what they, I would think what they want to figure out first is what is the prognosis? How long is he going to be out? And if they can make that determination that he's for sure going to miss three weeks, then it's an easy decision to make to go ahead and do it now right. and open but, up the roster and, spot. And just remember, you know, if you – have a 48-man game day roster, you, you're going to have to have mm-hmm. uh, six guys inactive or whatever, however many that comes to uh, if you put those two guys up. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're unsure, you just keep them, and you've got probably enough corners now on the roster to uh, that you probably don't need. And you could promote somebody from the practice squad, right? Because that my, was my next question. Yeah, you could do that if you needed to. I think Savon, Savion Smith, Smith uh, is on there, and then also uh, I saw Richard Robinson. They protected him yep. by the way this week. So if you wanted to move those guy, one of those guys up along with an offensive lineman, you can do that. They did it with Alex Light last week. Make sure they had eight offensive linemen up, so they can actually have 48 active. So, the bigger question and is, and also they probably want to pick someone that has special teams. We we lose Everson. That's yeah. what I was going. Thank yeah. you. Okay. But you guys are in my head. There we go. <laughs> Get out of uh, my head. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but the bigger the bigger problem is it's not. I don't think it's manpower because remember Reggie Robinson has been inactive. Uh, each week, he's been one of the inactives the first two weeks. So you may want to put him on the 48-man roster. And, and, and we should keep in mm. mind, Reggie Robinson is a different player from Rashard Robinson. He's on right. the practice squad. So right. let's not get our Robinsons confused and, and there. He could help you on the special teams <laughs> if you kept him active on on game day. Now, the bigger yes. question is who takes Chidobe Ouzier's spot in the starting lineup? Uh, and Mike McCarthy you know, was open about his injury, but he was not open about what's he going to do. 
uh, it was the uh, it was the same. Uh, well, we've got combinations that we can work there. Sort of what he kind of said uh, to not spill the beans on the offensive tackles. But uh, to me, I went back and looked because the last possession the Cowboys played on defense, uh, Awuzie wasn't on the field, and it looked like he hurt himself on the re-kick of that last field goal. Remember they were attempting a field goal and they had a false start and they were penalized five yards and they did it again. And on the re-kick, they moved Awuzie from the left, the far left end to the far right end of the Cowboys block formation. And he came flying through and dove. Man. Came really Ooh. close to it too, by the way. Yes, he did. And, I and saw when, that. And when he landed, he tucked his head and he did a forward somersault, for, kind of a forward roll. And when he came up, you could see yep. him, both hands, he grabbed his left hamstring. And so I'm assuming that's when it happened. So the next possession that they finally stopped uh, the the Falcons and were able to go down and, and score that touchdown after the stop, uh, they had Trayvon Diggs at left corner and Daryl Worley at right corner. And yep. Worley had been playing some safety along with Brandon Carr, but in that situation they had him at right corner and they had Darian Thompson back at safety with Xavier Woods. So that's one thought. I think the other thought might be, you know, Brandon Carr's played 12 years at cornerback. Uh, ah, they very good, Spags. You know, they kind of <laughs> looked at him as a safety, but they would have that alternative if they wanted to do that, and he has played left corner uh, in this league, I believe, Bill. That's what he did when he was here with the Cowboys. He was. That's on, what. That's his original position. He was on position, the left side, no right? So uh, that's an alternative. Uh, I don't think they trust Jordan Lewis out there or want to put a short corner out on the edge. Uh, he had enough trouble inside in the slot. They don't need to be moving him around. Uh, and you know, Worley was well, another actually, guy Bill, that worked I'm in the sorry. slot. Yeah, and Worley also worked in the slot. So they have some combinations, and it may be matchups. However, Seattle plays it. You know, they might play it too, depending on who their uh, third uh, wide receiver is. I gotta say, uh, you know, when you talk about covering the slot receivers, that is probably the most difficult position on the entire field, probably besides playing quarterback, if I'm not mistaken. That's just my opinion. Uh, putting Jordan Lewis out on the edge, Spags, it might actually be a little bit advantageous to him because you have, once when you're in the slot, there is no tip-off in regards to alignment and things of that nature. So the slot receiver seems to have the entire field, you know, to work with. If you were to put Jordan Lewis on the corner, as a corner, as a former corner, I think it would be a little bit easier for him because he really doesn't have to worry about covering someone all over the field. So Jordan Lewis, if it wasn't for his injuries that he was coming off of, he might have been a decent replacement. I look at Brandon Carr. I didn't think about that until you said something, Spags. I would think, seeing that that's his original position, that he would uh, probably be that replacement. You know, and I'm, he I'm should sure be up to speed to by now. Yeah, My and, God. And also, let me give you pause about putting uh, Jordan Lewis out on the corner. There's a guy on the other side of the field named DK Metcalf. I don't think I would like that <laughs> matchup. My 5'10 corner against this monster out on the outside. <laughs> 
You know, and let's lost. be real, Spags. I don't give a doggone who you put on Metcalf. <laughs> it's going to be a mismatch. It's a mismatch. Okay, let's just be real. And they, uh, I, I don't care they, what size you have. We don't have a cornerback. We don't have a cornerback uh, in on our roster that can match up with Metcalf. That's like saying you have a a 14-point play in your offensive game plan. It just doesn't happen. Now, if you look at Daryl Worley also as an option, I wasn't very impressed with him even trying to cover the tight ends last week. Uh, I think it was, was it the Rams game? I think maybe, uh, where he just let the tight end come inside on him when they were almost lined up all the way over to the sideline, and he let him run an inside route. That, as a cornerback, is just unforgivable. You know if he's lined up shaking the coach's hand on the sideline, then you need to be at an inside strong position. So a slant route should be the last thing that they should catch on you, and much less he let it happen from a tight end. So I don't know how much confidence they have in Worley being able to play cornerback if you can't even cover Bigsby on a slant route. So... Brandon Carr might be your only option and, and a timely option at that, seeing that they just um, they just activated it. And, you know, the, the other thing with Seattle, and I, they can obviously move guys around and put them in the slot, but I think their normal slot receiver, Philip Dorsett, uh, has been placed on injured reserve, so he's out. Uh, they're going to have to rely on David Moore and maybe Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain. He's a rookie. And their, their starters are DK Metcalf and Tyler, and Tyler Lockett, Lockett, who obviously can play in the slot. And I think Tyler Lockett yeah. is the ultimate slot guy. Yeah. I think that if if I th- if I'm Seattle, I'm going to replace him in the slot, and then we'll worry about who's on the outside because Lockett is. <laughs> we're going to have some issues with that guy. Forget Metcalf. If you can keep up with Lockett, you're doing a good job. You know, and, and if you look at uh, – I haven't uh, closely studied Seattle. I did watch uh, a good bit of the game against the Patriots, the TV copy. But if you look at snap counts, Seattle against New England the other night, they used a lot of two tight ends against right. uh, New England. And it's basically a 50-50 split. They had 65 snaps in the game, or they're about 63 snaps in the game. And uh, – uh, their third receiver, David Moore, had 32 snaps, and uh, and their second tight end, Will Disley, had 31 snaps. So now that was against the Patriots, and they probably were may have been going big a little bit against the Patriots because as we talked about last week, New England is going with a lot of five and uh, I mean their base is a five DB set, right. and they're playing a, a safety at linebacker right now. And um, so anyway, their 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 approach against the Cowboys might be uh, different than what it was against. The Patriots last year. Which, by the way, when, excuse me, the uh, Cowboys stopped them uh, on that possession when uh, Ouzier wasn't on the field, they 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 remained in their nickel, but they they brought the safety Darian Thompson to a linebacker spot, figuring Mm -hmm. they're going to run the ball and try to drain the clock here, and so they they basically played Thompson as a as a linebacker and Woods single safety high with Jordan Lewis yes. still in the slot. So there's different ways to do all this. Now, it's not the only injury problem they still have to worry about. Tyron Smith, uh, Mike McCarthy said, would be with the rehab group. So that means uh, you know, he's working on the resistance cords and working with the trainers, uh, doing whatever he needs to do to get that neck ready to go. And DeMarcus Lawrence. But he's, he's clear to start, right? No, no. 
Not at all. I said he's with the rehab group, so uh, wow. they're, they're going to. It looks like they're easing, trying to ease him back in. Maybe get him to Sunday. I, I I would imagine they think, well, he doesn't have to start. You know, when I and and, and there's one more, and I'll get back to that. Demarcus Lawrence missed for personal matters. Uh, he missed practice today, uh, so we'll see where that one goes. And remember, he had a little bit of a, a, a knee deal and didn't play all that much uh, in the second half, although. You know what? I saw the first possession of the third quarter, and he was moving, you know, decently. Uh, it, they they probably wanted to try to preserve him and you know not cause the problem to get uh, any any worse. But you know, when I went back and looked at some of the plays with Brandon Knight, he he kind of did okay. Uh, he wasn't, you know, he 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 wasn't getting blown up, and they weren't having to put the tight end over there. You know, the tight end was a lot of the times on Terrence Steele's side or Zeke was helping to chip uh, a little bit, too, over there. So, uh, you know, I, Brandon Knight, maybe, you know, he, I, he, I, you, you probably don't want to go 16 games with him. But, you know, if, <laughs> if, if Tyron can play, he's, he's probably maybe your, you know, your swing tackle or maybe they put him on the right side because that's where he's played. So it'll be interesting to see since Cam Irving's on – IR and he's still out. And the one thing they did last week on Sunday, they they took they moved Alex Light uh, from the practice squad to to the regular roster, so he could be eligible to be the swing tackle on that day. And by the way, the update. I'd uh, love I'd love to reiterate how uh, uh, I have to have confidence in my fellow free agents. Okay, <laughs> that's let's right. Just, Let's just be. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. He did a great job last week. I'm just like you, Spags. I went back and took a look at it. He was on his own out there, and he did a really good job. You can't pass for 400 plus yards without your tackles holding up well. And there are times when you can't chip and you can't put a tight end on that side. And And you got to throw the ball down the field, right? Down the field. You can't get rid of it quickly every time and be effective. Yeah. There were times when we had to do the play action. Dak had to hold it. And Brandon had his back. Literally had his back. You got an update there, Bill? And the update, Chris Beam told me that Clarence Hill had uh, tweeted that Demarcus Lawrence is out today because his wife is in labor. That was two hours ago. I tried to confirm that myself by searching through Clarence Hill's timeline to try to find it. But it took, after I got through the 35 retweets (laughs) on Clarence Hill's timeline, I finally got confirmation myself. I finally got to that tweet two hours ago. I've never seen anybody in the world who retweets more than Clarence Hill the Star Telegram? Well, if you if you remember when when, <laughs> when all this stuff came up about opting out, you know he was it was a consideration for him because his wife was pregnant. There you go. So if we go well, back and and then he decided that she said, "You go play, I'll take care of the baby." Uh, and so, and this looks like it's the due day today. today. That, that's yeah. right. So that is a personal well, matter. Well, good job to yeah. the Lawrence family, and good job to you, Bill. Way to go, buddy. Way to dig it out, baby. Way to dig it no, out. No, thanks to Chris Beam, our crack producer here on Mix Shots. All right, we got to take a break, and we're back with much more in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans! With Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery. 
cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back. Hey there, to Mick Shots. Hey, Mickey. Yes. I have a question for you. Pop quiz. Who do the Cowboys play next week? Cleveland. There you go. Very good. And Cowboys single game <laughs> tickets are available for the Cleveland Browns next week. Get your tickets now to see the Cowboys take on the Browns when they return to AT&T Stadium on Sunday, October 4th. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. The reason I ask that is I was taping uh, the Mike McCarthy TV show last night, and at the end of the show, I always like to throw in that we'll see you again next week when the Cowboys take on whatever team. And my my mind drew a blank last. I didn't I didn't draw a blank on the air, but b- beforehand I I drew a blank. Who do they? Because I knew they played Cleveland, the Giants, and Arizona back to back to back at home in October, and I couldn't remember what order they were in. And I, and it's because I am so focused on this game against Seattle. I, I don't know if the team has had this game circled, but I have had this game circled since the season started and since the schedule came out because I'm just looking forward to this matchup against the Seahawks, and as it turns out, Seattle is obviously playing very well to start the season at 2-0. Russell Wilson with nine touchdown passes, just one interception, is playing particularly well. And um, so, you know, most people, I think, are going to pick the Seahawks to win this game because now they don't have the advantage of the 12s in the stands and that and that as loud as the at that stadium normally is. But I think this is this is a game where, if you, especially you look in Dak Prescott's career, yeah, you know, he he comes through in big road games like this when he's got a good team around him. And so I think this is a, a really good test to see where the Cowboys really are. You know, they've uh, scored 73 points. That gets your attention right away 
but they've also given up 55. Uh, and, and Thank it you, could, sir. It could have very well been 62 with Cam at the one-yard line, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'd be one and one. Ended, and they would have been one and one. So they were one play away from having scored all those points and still being one and one and having uh, given up 62 points. That's 31 a game. So, yeah. Uh, this will be it'll be an interesting matchup. I, I think a lot of it uh, will have to do with if this Cowboy defense improves. And here's the other thing. And if you're not turning the ball over five times, three lost fumbles, two fake punts, I think I, I counted all that up, and it ended up being <laughs> 26 points. Those, those turnovers led to 26 points. It was uh, two touchdowns. Three touchdowns and two field goals. Three touchdowns and two field goals. It was goals. twenty to nothing after the after the, <laughs> yeah, after the first quarter. That, yeah. That's all that Those matters. Those three turnovers, twenty to, to nothing. To nothing. Yeah. And then they scored. Yes. Again, and then they scored another touchdown. I think in the so it was three touchdowns off the fake punt. Off the fake punt in the yeah. fourth quarter. And yep. remember, and, and here's a big difference. And it's like, oh, the Cowboys were stupid. They went for they went for two. Didn't you know kick the extra point? Well, guess what. Seattle did. I mean, the uh, Falcons did the same thing, at twenty at twenty six, right? They they tried to make it twenty eight instead of twenty seven, and they missed. And yep. They missed. It didn't work. So you know they they made a decision too. So I kind of go back to where I got off yesterday about don't give me this stuff that they didn't deserve to win or they got lucky. Seattle didn't deserve to win either the way they played, and then the the fact that yes, they, they screwed did. up the onside kick. Which I finally got to listen to John Fossil talk about yeah. the watermelon <laughs> kick uh, and how they they were just oh, kind of, yeah that's a great were, great name they, they were, I was they wondering were before you go on yeah they were screwing around in was practice it, trying it, to figure out ways to have an onside kick because last year only six or seven percent of the onside kicks were recovered and they they kind of true. messed around and did this. And John said, yeah, and then after that, you know, he tried it probably in, in practice when we're by ourselves, just the three of them, the punter, <laughs> kicker, and deep snapper. And he said he might have tried it like 50 times and trying to figure out how slow to kick it, what angle to kick it at. Uh, and then he said, we only practice it twice uh, on a Saturday before it, for three weeks. So two, three Saturdays in a row they practice it with the entire team. Uh, and then the other thing, and he didn't want to answer this one. It's pretty obvious, and it was a good question. He said, was there, was there a reason you kicked it to the Cowboys' sideline because you didn't want the Falcons' coaches to yell at them to, to jump on the ball? And he goes, I'll reserve the right to not answer that question. So obviously it was yes. That actually makes him, that actually makes him seem like a cagey, uh, special teams coach, but I mean, let's just be real. It was a, it, he had to kick it that way because of his right foot. I mean, that's just to me, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> right. it's because he's right foot. Unless he was going to the other question I had. Right? That, exactly. The other question I had was, you know, when you come to the watermelon, was it yellow meat or red meat? Does it make a difference <laughs> in how the ball, how it travels? I mean, that's something we need to research. But uh, when you're talking about fossil, fossil is going to have his hands full this week. And you know, Spags, Coach Carroll uses every tool in his book. He uses every facet of the game. He can get very tricky. His, his entire special teams uh, uh, staff, they're very cagey on what they can do. I think they really kind of match Fossil in their creativity. 
Uh, but hopefully we can be a little bit more uh, strategic on when we go for it on fourth down. I don't see us doing something like that on the road, uh, going for these fourth down plays, at least not two in a row. That's something that's very risky. I mean, it's risky at home. You know it's going to be risky on the road. So let's just be, let's have an eye out for just the, the chess match that's going to be going on just between the special teams coaches on both sides. I think it's going to be very interesting little chess match. The other thing about the watermelon kick, as Mike McCarthy pointed out on the, in the taping of his show, it's not the first time that a John Fossil team has attempted the watermelon kick. They also attempted it against the Cowboys last year hmm. in the Cowboys' 44-21 to oh, right. win over the Rams, but it was not Greg Zerline who was doing the honors. It was Johnny Hecker instead. The punter. The, punter. The, the, the punter was handling the kickoff, and he dribbled it out of bounds, and so it was not noteworthy at all. Uh, and so, obviously, Greg Zerline is all whole heck of a lot more efficient at it than Johnny Hecker was. He got, he got the thing to spin right. Maybe his watermelon kick was seedless, so it spun better. <laughs> you know, the other you thing about me it. on that was fast. I like that one, buddy. I like that one. And it might have been another a, thing about the special teams guys. That their punter, speaking of the punter, he got special teams player of the, uh, of the week, if I'm not mistaken. This guy saved their offense uh, every almost every time he kicked the ball. He put the Patriots in a hole almost every time he kicked it. When you can affect field position from your punter, which we do sometimes here with Jones, we're very blessed to have a great punter as well. Uh, when you're talking about your punter getting special teams player of the week, that means that he made a big difference in the game, uh, even without the 12th man that they have out there. So Cowboys are going to they're going to have to be very respectful of that. And, hey, even to Bill's little uh, cheerleading uh, uh, side of things over there, uh, that might give C.D. Lamb a chance to return some. There you Let's go. Let's just think about that. He yeah. might outkick his coverage because he's so good uh, that uh, C.D. Lamb might have a chance you to know take what? him to the house. I need, so. to, I need to do some research on C.D. Lamb versus Michael Dixon, the punter for Seattle. Of course, Texas, Texas, Longhorn, Texas Longhorn oh, fans, okay. of course, know who Michael Dixon is and any fans of the Big 12 because he played at Texas. He was a fifth-round pick two years ago. Oh, that's the guy from Australia. He's, he's, yes, he's from Australia and uh, one of a, a whole bunch of Australian uh, punters who have come over here now. And, and there's a reason they made him a fifth-round pick, and uh, he made the Pro Bowl his rookie season uh, with the Seahawks. So uh, good eye there, Everson. And now, okay, I have to figure Thank out. You, so, it, so it would have been CD's freshman year at OU if he was returning punts his freshman year. He might might have tried to uh, return one of Michael Dixon's punts at the Cotton Bowl. Well, if he wasn't, he should have been. (laughs) (laughs) But with OU's defense, I don't know that Texas ever punted against OU. That's the thing. If you're if you're a if you're punting in the Big Twelve, you don't get a lot of exposure with the Big Twelve defenses, that's right? Like, that's like playing volleyball and not holding serve, right? Uh, that, that's exactly right. All right. How the, about, fact, the fact that he got drafted in, anyway that says a whole lot about him. Yeah. And those 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 Australian punters, when they come over here, they don't just kick. 
they love to kick a little ass as well. Uh, got a little rugby background in them. Uh, and so when that when the if the returner comes their way, then they might some of them have the reputation of being able to bring that hat with them. And uh, so let's look out for that as well. Yeah. A little Texas OU payback on one way or the other. <laughs> And, in fact, uh, Dixon was the Ray Guy Award winner at Texas, and he was the MVP of the 2017 Texas Bowl. All right, that is our punter hmm. talk. That's what I remember about that guy. You remember the Texas Bowl. I remember he did something that he ended up being the MVP of the game. I think he killed a bunch That's of That's because they were playing against Missouri, right? <laughs> they killed a bunch of And that punts. was that was yes. when Tom Herman made the antics on the sideline, right? That, see, now that, it's coming that, back. It's all yes. coming back. All Who's right. that quarterback for Missouri? Uh, You're welcome, Spags. Drew Locke, You're Drew welcome, Locke who's now with the Denver Broncos, <laughs> and he's out a few and weeks. he's got a shoulder. That's injury. exactly right. All right, we continue with more mix shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, Cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back. To mixed shots. Oh, that spot <laughs> cracks me up. Coming to the Cowboys game next weekend? Make sure you know before you go. Wear a mask. Keep distance. And be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details. And I bet the extra detail on that is going to be wear a mask and keep it on, too, by the way. Otherwise, you get a $100,000 fine. Well, I'll tell you what. Man. Uh, the coaches sure got their hands slapped, right? Woo-wee. 
What can man. you find? What can wow, you find wow. the fans for not keeping their masks on in the stadium? Because there wasn't a lot of masks on in the second half. I must admit. Did you hear? That's, that was they amazing. Asked, they asked Mike McCarthy about it, <laughs> about the fines those guys were getting. He goes. It's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Let me tell you. $100,000. That is no joke. I thought it was going to be something way under six figures. They went straight straight to the top, straight to the head, $100,000. And they fined the teams 250000 each. You know what, though? Yes, sir. A million that, dollars in fines went out over the weekend. A and million then two, dollars and in then, fines. And then 700 more. Uh, on Monday night, because neither of them had their masks on. With uh, with head coach <laughs> salaries these days in the NFL, it's a lot less money to them than it is to us. Though. Is that like going out to dinner <laughs> for us? Sometimes I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what the percentage of that is. And, and so, what would be the equivalent of finding us a hundred dollars? Their hundred thousand dollar fine? Yes. Uh, yeah, that I think, would be it. I think that's that about be, right. That's about, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we talked about the special teams player of the week, and I don't know how in the world you give it to a punter over Greg Zerline in the watermelon <laughs> kick, but they did that. And Greg a the leg. Field goal too. Exactly. <laughs> the watermelon kick and a winning field goal. I mean, I thought I thought for sure that had sealed the special teams player of the week. Well, it's the first Dak's thing fault. I thought of. All right. Speaking of Dak. <laughs> What about uh, what about some other award winners? Dak won the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, so that probably trumped giving it to well the So they couldn't give right? it to two Cowboys. Yeah, and uh, somebody noticed that he threw for 450 yards with two backup undrafted tackles out there and led an offense with yeah. 570 yards and scored 40 points uh, in the game without the help of any takeaways or botched fake punts or whatever trickery that uh, the Falcons might have tried. So uh, it he, was had one, he had one fumble, but he, he had no interceptions right. as well. Am I, am yeah. I right? And it wasn't a fumble. It was a sack fumble, meaning he got blasted and the ball came out. Yeah. Well, he, he was, you know, uh, he was trying to do a little more than what he right, needed to do. Right. He needed to just go ahead just and take the down. sack, but he was trying yeah. to get it out to Dalton yeah. Schultz there. And, uh, that didn't yep. work out so well. Yep, that's right. All right. Uh, <laughs> other thing we want to mention uh, before the end of Mix Shots is uh, the passing of the great Gail Sayers at the age of 77 today. Uh, wow. What a talent Gail Sayers was. It was an NFL career that was cut short due to injury, but the youngest player to be voted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame at age 34. That's how good he was in his shortened NFL career. And, and on YouTube, I'm sure you can go back and watch some of those highlights. Gail Sayers yes, was sensational. Can. I'll tell you what. So he was a rookie, first-round draft choice in 65 by the Bears. So I got to watch a lot of Gail Sayers. And as I've told you guys before, I grew up a, a Green Bay Packers fan. And he used to run circles around the Packers. Not, and I was going to say the defense, but on special teams, they could not catch him. Special it was teams. unbelievable. Yes. Yes. And I can't tell you, yes. I probably was – yeah, I was probably around that age where you kind of knew some cuss words. And, and, and if I had known more and had been a little older, I can't tell you how many times I yelled at the TV when Gail, they could not stop Gail Sayers. He was unbelievable. 
he was awfully, awfully, awfully good. And how about this? If I remember correctly, that draft, not only did they get Gail Sayers, but they drafted Dick Buckus, too, out of the University of Illinois. Wow. Yeah. That 1965 that draft. Right as a, Sayers was the fourth pick. Okay, here here is the, the 1965 draft, which was a pretty good draft for the Cowboys, too, if I remember. 64 was really good for right. the Cowboys. All right. Top five picks of the – I may even go further than that. Top top seven picks of the 1965 draft. The New York Giants, number one overall, took Tucker Fredrickson, running back out of Auburn. San Francisco took Ken Willard, fullback out of North Carolina. Number three pick, the Chicago Bears select Dick Butkus, middle linebacker, Illinois. Number four pick – the Bears take Gail Sayers, halfback from Kansas. The fifth pick, the Cowboys select Craig Morton, quarterback from Cal. Wow. And, uh, and the reason yes. I wanted to go to number seven, number seven, the Green Bay Packers take the Golden Let Palomino. Me, it was Donnie Anderson. Donnie Anderson and then out they of Texas followed, Tech. If I remember, they followed that up with Jim Grabowski. Well, they first followed it up with Larry Elkins out of Baylor. Oh, no. <laughs> Joe Namath. Joe Namath was the 12th pick of the St. Louis Cardinals in the 1965 wow. draft. Of course, he That's also when, was picked by the New York yeah. Jets, and he made his fame with the New York Jets. So how about this from Gil Brandt? Well, we, we have to point out, though, that uh, I think Gail Sayers probably had the best individual performance in any game. What was it, six touchdowns on an extremely muddy field? Uh, that YouTube game can be looked up as well. Uh, of that game can be looked up on YouTube as well. Um, I believe two of those touchdowns were punt returns, just as Spags was talking about, just how diverse he was. These days, you don't find a running back that also volunteers and excels at punt return. You could just imagine putting Tony Dorsett back there to catch punts. No, you wouldn't want wouldn't put Tony Emmett catching Smith. punts, I'll guarantee you. <laughs> you, wouldn't want, you wouldn't want Emmett Smith back there trying to return punts. I just couldn't see that, but that's just how dynamic Gale Sayers was. He wasn't just a punt returner. He was the best punt returner that the league has probably ever seen in its history. So he was so fast he was so fast that even the mud couldn't slow him down. And, and I've got the details the on mud, that. He never game. fell. He never slipped. On that the I one got, time he did slip, I believe that was the time he got injured with a career ending injury. Uh, and he had uh, that six touchdown game came his rookie season in nineteen sixty five, a sixty one wow, to twenty season? win over the 49ers at oh Wrigley God. Field in Chicago. He had 326 yards in the game uh, and six touchdowns. And they're still trying to stop Rookie him. season. Rookie, Rookie season. season. That's, yep. amazing. Yep. That's amazing. So this, this tweet from uh, Gil Brandt, and this tells you what Gil's memory is. He said, Gil Sayers and I go back to 1963 when he was at Kansas. John Hadle's sister, Carol, was the football secretary at the school and introduced us. I asked him to tell me about the place he grew up. He told me all about Omaha, Nebraska, and his days at Central High School. Only Gil would remember that stuff from that far back. It's just uh, absolutely amazing. 
I think I think I think Gil keeps names of certain people so he can blackmail them in the future. <laughs> that has to be the only reason he remembers and writes down all of that stuff. Unreal. <laughs> but what is Gail Sayers best remembered for? Most remembered for? The movie. Brian Brian's song. Or wait, Brian's song. <laughs> song. song. Brian Piccolo. I've only seen it like ten times at least. I, mean, I, I ran across it a couple months ago when we were just searching for stuff to watch, and I'll guarantee you, for this tenth time, I shed a tear. I'm kind of easy on that kind and, of stuff. Uh, and for those of you who are under the age of whatever the age, yeah, right. 1971. It was a Brian's song, a 1971 ABC movie of the week. So it was made for TV. I didn't even realize it was a made for TV yes, movie only and TV. not it yeah. was on network. And uh, it, it was and Billy, of course Brian uh, Billy D Billy Williams, Williams played uh, the role of Gail Sayers Kane, and James Caan was Con, Brian yeah. Piccolo and of course the tragic story of Brian Piccolo who died of cancer at a very young age is when he was uh, playing for the Chicago Bears was diagnosed with it. He and, was the fullback so yep. he was leading the way. Yep. And great movie. You can probably find that somewhere. Oh, I'm sure you I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah. All right. We ate up the uh, entire last segment. Oh, no. And and I'm glad we did, you know. Gail Sayers, one of the greats in National Football League history. Oh, and and, uh, I was looking at Gil's got like – go to Gil's Twitter account and just – he's got about five things on on Gail Sayers and different things on – he was also drafted by the Chiefs, by the way, Gil points out. He was the fifth pick overall by the Chiefs, the same spot the Bears took him, he said in the dream. Did you say he was fifth or fourth? Fourth. He was fourth. Ah, Gil made him a small mistake there, huh? Uh, he, said, he said, oh, this is a good one. This is Gil. I might have played a small role, but it was his wife uh, who convinced him to play in Chicago. <laughs> rather than with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, absolutely. All right, Everson, that does it for this edition of Mix Shots. We appreciate you, and I know that you've got some hot sports opinions about these Seattle Seahawks the next couple of days, right? And I think we might have lost him. All right, I was going to give him the final word, but... He'll we'll have get to get ready. the final word tomorrow. That, All right, we lost him. Uh, that that uh, injury report should come out here in about a half hour or so, so we'll have an update on just where everybody's at, and including with Seattle, because remember, we pointed out that they've got some injury yep, problems. that's right. Two, they lost their best pass two, rusher. Two ACLs last week, Bruce, Bruce Irvin, Irvin and as well as Marquise Blair, a defensive back, so right. they're hurting too. Yep. All right, we'll have mixed shots again tomorrow at 1.30. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. <clears throat> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-